You are listening to the Noisy Narratives podcast, a podcast produced by the Women of First Ministries at Frisco First Baptist Church in Frisco, Texas. Here at Noisy Narratives, we like to cut through the noise of our stories and get to the heart of what really matters. We hope you are blessed by what we share. Thank you so much for listening. Isn't it amazing? Hello, everyone. Welcome to Noisy Narratives. This is Debbie, and I'm here along with Christy. Hello, Christy. <laughs> Hi, I'm doing great. Thank you for asking. Oh, how are you I doing, didn't Debbie? Ask this time around, but hey, <laughs> thanks help. for sharing. I couldn't know. I couldn't know. But I'm, I'm always interested in knowing how you're mm-hmm. doing, Christy. Well, thank always. You. Yeah. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. Um, we actually have a guest today. Amy Super said, wonderful yes, one. Amy said it all, not to be confused with. Amy Waddell, who we have on often, too. Oh, good call. You know, so we got to make sure we know which Amy we're talking about. This is Amy Settedal. She's a friend of ours from here at Frisco First. Mm -hmm. Um, You want to introduce her? I would love to. I was thinking about this also. Um, So when we start planning for these podcasts, we start thinking about topics and subjects. And so, Amy, I was... um, Amy goes to Wednesday morning Bible study with Stacy Moore. You've been going that for a while, haven't you? A couple of times, yeah. yeah. Um, a couple of Bible studies with her, uh-huh. and then I just did one with you this last yes summer. Uh, summer, yeah, that was summer. Seems so far away, but we're still in it. Um, yeah, the August <laughs> that's going to last yeah, for like forever. Three hundred and sixty-five uh-huh. days. Yes, exactly, exactly. And so we were talking, or we were sharing. And so when I led Stacy's group, it was a different group and a different crowd, but she instantly just offered up. I thought it was a very vulnerable moment because you don't hear many ladies talk about, I struggle, struggle with anxiety. Like it's mm-hmm. kind of one of those deep, dark, secret you, struggles. Yeah. I think we secret battle struggles. alone often. Yes, yes. Absolutely. And so I have a lot of friends that struggle with it, but they won't tell you, and, but you have to read between the lines on how they act, what they do, what they don't do, that I'm like, oh, she struggles with How they're that. treating situations that yes. don't seem that. yes. Hard or big, but yeah. obviously become or bigger than maybe compete. typical for them, yes. you know. <laughs> and but then as you're watching them do that, you're yeah. like, that doesn't that doesn't jive with I how I know my friend. That. That's not yes. how I would have done it, or or that's not you know whatever. But you share that, and so then praying through this, this was one of the things was to talk about anxiety and depression. And I was like, I bet Amy, hopefully Amy would be willing to share her story. So when I texted you, you were like, yes. And I was like, yay, thank you. Yes, absolutely. Immediately. Um, Why were you so like, yes, not like, let me think about it. Let me pray about it. Like, why were you like, yes. Um, I think it's because uh, just the reason that you, you guys brought up a a minute ago um, that, um, Mental health is still such a stigma mm-hmm. um, in our society, and it shouldn't be. Um, you know, I've had people say it's all in your head. You you can you can kind of work yourself out of it. And I liken it to any other, um, I guess, physical ailment somebody may have, um, whether or not it be high blood pressure, it be um, you know high cholesterol or anything like that. Yes, it actually physically is in my head. It's a it's a you know it's a chemical balance imbalance in my head. And um, I think when we don't talk about it and we keep it so hush hush, um, those that are struggling through it feel so alone. Um, feel like they're the only one that's going through it. Feel like there is no solution. Um, and and 
and I just, I, I don't want to be that way. Um, I want to bring it to, um, out to light, um, and just make it where maybe it's not normal, but it's okay to talk about. Um, there's so many of us that, that struggle. Um, and I will tell you this, if, if you have a friend that, uh, struggles with anxiety or depression, if that person does not want you to know, you will never know. Mm, that's interesting. Um, yeah. So explain that. Why? Um, I have my own theories, but I'm sure yeah, I don't know I, if they're right. I but. think that um, for a long time, um, so I'm firstborn, type A personality. How many siblings? I have one younger sister. Okay. She's about two and a half to three years younger than me. Um, type A personality, um, very OCD organized, very detailed, very want things to be in their right place in their right time. And when I first started having issues with the anxiety, all of those personality traits made it worse. Yes, I can see that. Um, because I kept trying to control it. And I kept thinking to myself that I should with, you know, I have a college degree. I was married. I had one kid at the t- one son at the time. But you are still married, right? Yes, I you am said still married. was married. married so yeah, well, li- I was married at the time and still married. Okay, thank to you. To the same person. <laughs> okay, cool. 27 years oh, um, la- uh, the, on the 20th. But um, I kept thinking, why in the world am I dealing with this? That And and why can't I fix it myself? And so that, that kind of made it worse. And I think a lot of people probably do the same thing. And they don't then want a friend to know that they don't have it all together. Um, we just, we see so much out there that says, you know, as a wife and a mom and, and somebody that's working, you, you hundred percent can be this superwoman and, and when you you're have not, it all. and you can have it all, by the way, that is a complete lie. Right. You, you cannot, would... something suffers from it. Yes, um, and in my case, it, it was my mental health mm-hmm. that suffered from it because the more I tried to control it and the more I tried to be perfect and the more I tried to, um, you know, figure out why I was the way I was, the worse it actually got. Walk us through that. What does that mean to try to figure out the way you are? I mean, at what point in life what was were you the like, process? Yeah. Or figuring what, that like, out. How old so were you even? I can remember looking back now, I can remember that I probably had anxiety in, in junior high and high school and throughout college. It manifested itself physically in a different way, though. I would get ulcers in my mouth. So when I would have a test or I'd be worried about drill team tryouts or, you know, a boyfriend or the lack of a boyfriend or, you know, somebody's mad at me or um, because I didn't like people to not like me, then um, I would start to get these these sores in, in my mouth and, and sometimes more than one. And then they would grow and they'd go to they would they would grow together. And it, they were very, very, very painful. Yeah, I imagine. Um, and and I, I truly think that that was the first sign, but I, I had no idea. Um, then in I had um, I got married in 1994. I don't remember a whole lot of um, dealing with anxiety during that kind of period of time. Um, be a good thing, when right? we were getting married and going through and graduating from college and um, and that thing. And then in 1998, I had my first son, Cody, who turns 23 on Thursday mm. and not Happy old birthday, enough Cody. to have a 23 year old. 
He just graduated from Auburn. Cl- from Clemson. Clemson. Oh, gosh. Yes. I'm so sorry. Cody just graduated from Clemson in May, and he's looking for a job. And then my youngest is at Auburn. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, good. Yes. Wow, look at you. Internal rivalries. Yes, yes. They are already getting into it. Yes. um, So I had him, and um, nine months later, mm, about nine months later, my my maternal grandfather um, passed away very unexpectedly, went um, to get the lawnmower out of his garage, and my uncle found him 30 seconds later, and he was already gone. And um, I had already lost my paternal grandfather in high school. But when you're in high school, you're not that mortality and kind of stuff like that doesn't go through your head. Mm -hmm. To go back, though, you had no anxiety being a new mom. Well, that not it. I think I went through a little bit of postpartum depression. That's what I was wondering. um, Because it was very difficult to get me out of the house. Okay. Um, I didn't want. I didn't want anything. I was ready for my mom and my dad who lived here or, or who did not live here at the time. Like they were, they stayed with us for like a week or two and I was ready for them to go home. Like I wanted to do it all myself. Uh-huh. I knew there was going to be a time period that I was going to have to do this mom thing by myself. And, and that was it. But I had a very t- so I had a very hard time leaving him mm-hmm. and, and going and doing some, you know, a few things, but I had a few friends that would, that would come over and make, you know, make me go to, Babies are us or, you know, whatever like that. But it didn't ever, it didn't, it, it just, it, I went back to work after six weeks. So, oh, wow. so it, I, it didn't have enough time, I think, yeah, at the good. time to like actually just. Because um, you were just doing life. Moving just from one doing thing life. to the next. Moving from one next. thing to the next. I went back doing to work life. after six weeks. Um, we were a dual family income. And when we had to be a dual family, um, family income. And so went back to work and everything was fine. And, and don't remember much of anxi- any anxiety or, or full-blown depression. And, and I actually, when you guys asked me to do this, I, I looked up what the definition of depression and, mm-hmm. and anxiety were. And, and the anxiety kind of um, was interesting to me because it's an emotion characterized by feelings of tension, worried thoughts, and physical changes. That is nowhere even near <laughs> what I, what I, I think feel anxiety is because that is like if you were going to say one to a hundred this this that definition is just to me the definition of worry and there's a i think a huge definition between worry and and anxiety, anxiety. so what's your definition of anxiety um if you could reword if that. i could reword yeah. it i think it's different for anybody no, but for you for me um i would i it's a constant nervousness it's a constant thinking of what if this is so good. It's yeah. a constant so thinking of. I would say like it doesn't leave. Like it does worry not leave. ebbs and flows. Worries ebbs, and everybody goes through but, worry and yeah. it ebbs and flows. And but anxiety is twenty four seven. Like it the what is, ifs in the sense of the negative. Like what exactly. if he does this? What, what if, if this happens? happens? What if, what if this happens? What if this happens? Off the tracks exactly. and run over it, absolutely. Like, and it's good. and it's constantly. And and I will tell you that. That mine, well, I'll go back to, to how it kind of manifested itself. But so, so my grandfather passes away unexpectedly. Mm-hmm. I'm a new mom. He's not even a year old yet. And all of a sudden, thoughts of mortality mm-hmm. start to creep in. What happens if that happens to me tomorrow? Yeah. Who's going to take care of him? Now, remember, I'm married. My child obviously has a dad. Mm-hmm. And the dad is 
most of the time what I think fully capable. <laughs> yes. That's exactly right. That's how They're, most of us think about our, yes, our baby daddy. Fully Absolutely. capable of, of taking care of a child, uh-huh. but it starts, It those thoughts start creeping in. Who's going to take care of him if I'm gone? Who's going to do this? Who's going to do this? I do this. I do this. I do this. What happens if this happens? What happens if this happens? And for two years, I, I dealt with those thoughts creeping in constantly. In the middle of the night? Did you wake up in the middle of the night? My anxiety is always in the middle of the night. My brain does not shut off when I go to sleep. It takes. It, it, there are times that I actually have to exhaust myself and stay up as late as I possibly can so that I can actually sleep full through the night. Because mm-hmm. it will wake me up mm-hmm. in the dead, dead of night. Yeah. Um, and, and that's when mine happens. And so I started to get these little kind of just anxiety things over the next couple of years. I started to have major, and then this is embarrassing to say, but I'm going to say it anyway, major stomach issues. Oh. Um, I thought you were going to say panic attacks or no, something. No, I did have panic attacks, but I also started to have major stomach issues. And never, ever, ever until I, I finally started going to a counselor and and was prescribed something did it ever occur to me that the two were related to one another. I think that's um, such a good point, though, because I and think they so were. many times our kids have issues. And mom, the first thing that parents do is take the doctor versus maybe go, maybe they're stressed out. Yeah. Maybe they're nervous. Maybe they're anxious. Maybe they're, you know, put yeah. those feelings on what's going on in their life to it. So then I started having the panic attack in the middle of the night over the next couple of years. Can like you tell heart me what, racing. Yeah, no, what um, it look so like? So mine look like um, I start to, it, I, they're very hard to describe. And and most of the time I, I as close as I can get is you if you ride roller coasters and you get to that top and you know that feeling when you get to the top of a roller coaster you that you stop it. that you hold your breath and you start to get kind of queasy one right now, Amy, and you're this committed. Is not you're committed. Well. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, and you start to get a little queasy and your heart starts to race because you know you're what's about, coming. you know what's coming. Is this and you when your know stomach issues a, kick in? Because this, this is, is when, when my stomach yes, issues would kick yes, in. Yes, absolutely. It's like that at the top of that roller coaster, except about times a million. Um, so my heart starts to race or what I think is racing. Mm-hmm. And that's the other thing is I think it's racing. If I actually probably took my pulse, it probably is nowhere even near going as fast as what I think it is. Um, I start to sweat. I start to, I, I get very, very, very hot. Um, I, the, on occasion, I feel like I'm going to pass out. I'm going to black out. Um, I have a very hard time taking deep breaths. Um, so I feel like I'm going to hyperventilate. Um, and for two years, I probably was having two, three, four, five of those a month. Oh, wow. Um, and those and thoughts. And you would never of, know when they were coming. No, no, absolutely not. At, at that time, I, I couldn't have told you what triggers, what my triggers were. In that first two years, I could not have told you what my first two triggers were. But, um, those thoughts of when I'm having it, why, you know, I am, there's nothing going on in my life that this should be happening. So why is it happening? So then those thoughts kept going through my, through my head. Once again, I am a mom. 
My kid is healthy. I am married. My husband is healthy. I have a job. I have did a you college talk to degree. Your husband about this? I have a CPA. Like, who did you talk? Did you have somebody nobody. To be like, I need somebody to bounce this off? This with. is that whole if you don't want somebody to know, nobody's going to know. If you don't want somebody to know, oh. you don't want. And I didn't talk to anybody. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, this is when, when you said earlier, Amy. If you have a friend struggling with this and they don't want you to know, you, you will, will not, not know. know. You're speaking from experience. Absolutely. Because you're saying you went through this for years. My sister didn't know. And my parents knew. don't know. We, yeah. My parents and, and my family don't really talk about a whole lot of health issues. We never we never really did. So my parents had no idea. My sister had no idea. My husband had a little bit because every now and then I, I would wake him up. But most of the time, I would say probably 90% of the time, I tried to not wake him up. Because he had to go to work the next morning. I tried to not wake him up. And I went and I sat on the couch. And I would turn the TV on. And I would just literally flip channels. Hmm. Because my, I was moving. Yeah. You were like and so by moving either my, a twitchy leg or my finger or whatever. And like literally I would be up hours and, and not watch a single thing i would just be flipping channels so at some point i'm guessing this became unsustainable is how about two years and i'll and i'll tell you exactly two years two years two years years of that and and one night i i started to really yeah absolutely are you a believer during in during this yes so at any time during these two years is there a cry out to the lord is there or is it just Um, like i didn't even know you didn't even know what to do where to go no and 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 this is where I'll be very, very, very vulnerable. And because I believe that I believe it's very important. I did not at any point in time think to harm myself. But I will tell you in the two years and after it, when I first, when I started to try to actually figure out how for it to stop, there were many nights that I was flat on my face on the floor crying out. Mm-hmm. I don't care what you have to do. And if that means taking me, I would prefer that. I would prefer that than over what I'm going, than what I'm going through. Whatever you have to do to make this go away, do it, Mm -hmm. do it because Mm -hmm. I can't, I literally, I physically cannot do this anymore. Mm -hmm. Mentally cannot do this anymore. And I, I had one panic attack that, and this is when I figured out what my triggers were, some of my triggers. Um, I was watching The Green Mile, oh, oh. A, a movie with my husband. And there's a very, there's a, there's a part in it when it all revolves around um, his death in prison mm-hmm. and everything like that. And it triggered a four-hour panic attack that oh. I could not get myself out of, no matter what I did, no matter anything that. I did doing that. And that was my point where I said, I can't do this by myself anymore. So then what happened? So, um, and, and there was another part. I was flying back and forth to Fort Lauderdale uh, four or five times in six weeks. And every time the anxiety on the plane got a little bit worse. And then I came home one time and and I heard Cody talking to Dwayne um, as he's putting him to bed. And Cody saying, is mom going to be here tomorrow morning? Is mom going to be here tomorrow morning or is she going to be gone? Is she coming back? Is she what? And the, and I went, I, one, I can't get on a plane and go back because my kid is worried about whether, and, and he's not thinking, is she like physically never going to come back? 
in his little head, he's just going, she, he knows I'm on a trip and I'm, and I'm going to come back. But in my head, I'm thinking something else. You're, you're, yeah. you're going to I'm what taking ifs, it. The what, if, what, what if, what if, what if, what if. And so I actually, um, we used to attend Parkway Hills and there was a music minister at the time who um, was also a counselor. And I went and saw him and I, and I said, what do I do? I, I can't, I, I like physically cannot function. So this anymore. was the point where you're saying, okay, this is not sustainable. can't function anymore. I am. This is your point of reaching out for help. Yes. So you, so your husband knows at this point. Yes. And, and occasionally I would wake him up. So he knew part Something of what was, was going, going on. on, but I don't, I don't think he knew to the extent of how bad it had gotten. And I think that's important for people to hear too. Even the people we're married to that we live with. You yes. Can hide, you can hide stuff from. Absolutely. So there's like, I mean, I sometimes I feel like our, we get slammed by people we love going through things we didn't know about. I, we're, I'm like, I think that happens often. I oh, think yeah. It just, it's when it finally gets to the point where it's either not sustainable or someone wants to ask for help. That's when you really know. And I can't remember if during that two years, um, I had him take me to the emergency room, but there, there have been times, um, I know of one when we were actually visiting his, um, his parents, um, where we grew up that I woke up in the middle of the night and I, I couldn't get myself out of one. I, I was, you know, I just, I'd sat there, I'd done what I'd done all the time. I, I can't remember if I was already on the medicine at that point or not. And I woke him up and I'm like, you're going to have to take me to the emergency room. And he's like, but you know, you're having a panic attack. And I'm like, I don't care until somebody tells me until a medical doctor tells me I'm not having a heart attack. I can't talk myself. I That's can't talk myself if. out of it. What if I'm having a heart attack? Yep. What if this isn't a panic attack? This Absolutely. is a heart, truly heart attack. Absolutely. So then you go visit this pastor. So I go visit this pastor and um, he starts talking to me and he actually encouraged Dwayne to come with me this the second or third time. Um, and just, you know, it was asking Dwayne, you know, what do you think about this? And I, it's interesting because we talked about this, Dwayne and I actually did the other day, and we both, we remember it differently because I remember him saying, I think she's crazy and it's all in her head. You remember your husband saying, saying that, Dwayne that. saying that to you. Yes. Um, the counselor saying, Dwayne, what do you think? When she's going through this, what do you think? And I remember what I heard, whether or not that's what he said or just my perception of what he said was, I think she's crazy and it's all in her head. Aren't you glad he told you that later? And he says, I never said that. Yeah. What does he say he said? He doesn't remember, but he mm-hmm. he is adamant that he never called me crazy. Because he, he's saying, I didn't think that about you. I didn't right. think Those that about you. Those words would not come out Those of my mouth. Those words would not come out of my mouth. mouth. But that's that. what I remember hearing. Interesting. From him. It's not even his character to say that kind of stuff anyway, but that's what your brain hears. But that's what my brain heard. Mm-hmm. And 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 I will tell you from a standpoint of somebody that that is going through anxiety and has people in their life that they allow to know that they're going through anxiety or depression, I had to get to a point where I was okay with Dwayne not understanding. That's, that's a good story. What I was going through. Yeah, that's actually really important. Because he's never been through it. Yeah. There, 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 there's no way he could understand. Now, has he, and did he have to get to a point where he was okay with not understanding it? I don't know if he's still at that point. Yeah. To be honest with you. And, I, and I'll tell you why. Because that's hard for loved ones. Yes. Of people going and, through yes, mental health Yes, and I'll tell you why. It's because... 
he nothing gets to him the way it does to me. He does not worry like I worry. Um, and, and another reason why I think he still doesn't understand is, and, and I asked permission um, for this, um, is that Cody suffers from anxiety. Um, and and before this podcast, I asked, I, I told him I wouldn't go into a lot of detail, but was it okay for me to share that he that he dealt with anxiety mm-hmm. too? And uh, he said yes. And um, Dwayne does not, he does not understand Cody's thought processes of why he gets anxious, why he worries, why he, you know, because he just, he's of one of those where you just pull yourself up by your bootstraps, get it together and go on. And so. And that's worked for him. And that's worked, that works mm-hmm. for him. And, and that's fine for, and that's fine for him. You could tell me to pull my bootstraps up right. all day long. <laughs> that is that is never going to get you know that's never going to get me okay, out so of panic attack. Okay, so they're pulled up. They're tight as tight as I can tight go. As I'll get Things out. are still yes. not right. <laughs> yeah, I will tell you that the counselor. I didn't see and and I I highly recommend counseling. Highly highly recommend counseling. But I will be honest in that I didn't do it for a long period of time. And Why? and I was um. And and I still think to this this uh I don't I don't know. I couldn't tell you why. Um, I I do know that I I went to a doctor and I ta- I finally told them what I was you know what I was going through and she prescribed an anti anxiety medicine for me and it took me two months to start taking it because oh. one of my one of my issues with anxiety is is control it's a control issue. Is this your type A? This is like my type five, A, and I'm sister. a very big huge control freak. Yeah, and I had no idea how that medicine was going to affect me. Oh yeah. And so I didn't take it for over two months. And the, what made the, you take it? Like what, what day? Or it you was like, another oh. one of those. I can't, I, I'm going to do this because I can't function any other way. Mm-hmm. And if this in some way helps me to be able. Now, she originally gave me a medicine that was just supposed to take before a panic attack. But then I noticed. I'm sorry. How do you take medicine before? So if you start to feel it coming on, you quickly run and you quickly run and take this medicine that takes like 30 minutes. That means that you've got to be in the sound mind. Exactly. That makes no sense. Yeah. Exactly. Laugh at that. I'm sorry. No. No. no You go. I laugh at it. I laugh at all the time. (laughs) But there are some, and some people can can't. So I'm sure some people can can feel it. So for instance, um, my triggers now. There are certain movies I don't watch. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. There, there are just certain okay, things so I would want. to jump in here, too, because I think what's interesting is I was reading a study on the impact of movies on emotions. Mm-hmm. And they're saying that movies now are so real because yes. the screen and how they make them and the emotions pulled from them, that they're saying people get so emotionally involved mm-hmm. in the things they're watching that they're, they literally have no more left for real life. So you're either spending your emotions there or it's pulling you through trauma that you feel like you've suffered when it's a movie. So to your point with the movies, I don't watch like like I have nightmares like for weeks after and my youngest daughter's the same way. My husband, and I had to go through that because he loves movies. They don't impact right. him that way. And so I literally will not watch certain what like I will find out what they are ahead of time. I won't go 
because they feel traumatic. Well, and to that's me. interesting that you say that because I can remember when we were growing up and all of those goofy Nightmare on Elm Street Ugh, yeah, movies. Not but they're so unrealistic. I every single one of them the old ones, never bothered me because oh. they look. They don't never look real. Bothered oh, they me. Scared I, they never me. bothered yeah. me. They never. I whatever. didn't watch them because they scared me. But, but now I do the same thing. I go, yeah. okay, if I'm seeing this trailer of a movie and it has. A horrific plane accident exactly. or uh, this or it's a long drawn out illness or, yeah. you know, something like that. I'm like, nope. Trage- I won't watch tragedies. Nope. I won't watch like literally like I, my my family like and my mom's the same way, actually. And they all make fun of us because they're like, it has to be sweet yeah. and cheesy. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, no, see, it, it has, has to see, be something yeah. like I can't like tears of endearment. Like, yeah. no, see, I can't, I can't do, do any I can't of that. do sweet and cheesy. I'm actually not I a girly girl chick flick kind of movie i like the ones that somebody's gonna blow something up <laughs> but you know that it's like like marvel yes because that's hard, unrealistic because that's that's like yeah i can watch die hard i can watch marvel i can yeah. watch you know i can watch some volcano blowing up i can you know whatever and that that does not affect me but anything that's like Real so reality. i i have not flown in 20 one years. Oh, okay. I, I cannot. That's a trigger. I, I cannot so get on a plane. Did 9-11 impact you? Or was this before? No, was this it, it actually started. No, so my flying back to Fort Lauderdale, um, the four, six weeks or whatever happened the summer before 9-11. Okay. And then 9-11 happened. And and then Cody made that comment. And then Cody made that comment. Yep. And, and that I, I never, that, that was it. I never got on a plane mm-hmm. again. Now I have, I have tried it. Um, uh, we were going to go as a family to Tampa when Cody was a freshman and, um, I, I got more medicine and I went through hypnotherapy mm-hmm. and I learned how to do tapping, which is another, um, yeah. coping mechanism. And I took my medicine and I got on the plane and I lost it. Oh, so you had to exit I the plane. I had to get off the plane none of that stuff knocked you out like, no i have a friend that she's like just give me the medicine and i'll go to sleep before take off so how did that so huh. you have so you're on and this the is plane in front of my kids and in front of your kids so in front how, of my kids my th- so walk us through that because i think this is a real practical realistic understanding of people who suffer from anxiety and depression that combination together right mm-hmm. um with their family as they're interacting with family because this not only impacts you in this Absolutely. instant when you have to get off the plane this impacts your family because you're on a trip together yes so how do all of you so- deal with that together like explain so how that happened, how um that when that happened my parents had just dropped us off at the airport okay um we get on the plane i'm doing all this hypnotherapy stuff i'm tapping i'm doing whatever and it just i i just i'm like hysterical and the this the flight attendant says you know are you going to be okay to take out i'm like just give me a minute like i've got the whole plane Waiting. waiting on me to close the door. Mm. And she's like, and I'm like, just give me a minute. I'm going to do this. I mean, I was so mentally, I'm, this is ridiculous. I am doing this. We, and, and I, 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 I had to get off. And my two boys and my husband flew to Tampa. And I called my parents. I'm hysterical on the floor in the, in the airport. This sweet little mm. old man come and, and take care of me. And I called my dad. My mom and dad, and um, they had almost just got home. They were, in, they lived, they lived, they moved to Frisco when Cody was three. My dad turned around, came back and got me, packed a bag, and drove, and drove me to Tampa. Oh my Aww. gosh, that's the sweetest thing ever. Um, and that's how we actually vacation. 
Um, my kids you drive, and everybody else flies. My, my yeah. kids absolutely refuse to take a road trip with me, um, because they're just like, "Well, I'm not going to be stuck in a car." I, I thank the good Lord that they are not affected by my inability to fly. Okay. They fly. They have That's no good. problem with it. And then you just figure That's out a amazing. way to get and there. I figure out a way to get there without getting on a plane. Okay. So um, Cody played in a soccer tournament in Indianapolis one year, and um, they were flying into, into St. Louis. I took an Amtrak train from Dallas to St. Louis. Good for you. The train Trains are and fun. the flight picked Landed and stopped at the same exact time. So they flew. Uh, they they picked me up from um, the train. We drove to Indianapolis. And then when it was time to come back, they dropped me off at the train station. Yeah. And they did that. Um, it's so good that you don't yeah. put guilt or pressure. Or they yeah. don't feel like, well, if mom can't go, we can't all no. go. No. I think that's what a lot of people function in. Like, And I have driven so... Blake played travel ball for a long time. Um, he w- he and Dwayne would fly to Atlanta. I would drive to Atlanta. Yeah. And actually, I prefer to drive by myself. I, was say, you, I wonder than to I be in the car. And I'm, <laughs> <too old. laughs> and I'm like, that is like podcast heaven to me or books on tape. I'm like, man, put me in a car for a couple days on my own. Yeah. I am loving life. Cody so and Clemson is a 14 hour drive. <laughs> I have made that drive multiple times by myself. Um, there is many a musical it's like perform- your little mini vacation yeah. in the car. I perform many musicals in the car. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I actually. I actually did listen to a book on tape once, but was so into what was what was going on. It was some um, mystery or something like that that I missed my exit in Atlanta and oh, ended no, up gosh did. knows how long out of the way <laughs> and had to turn around That's and come back so because I, I, I didn't uh-huh. hear the thing telling me to telling so me to I'm exit. So what I'm hearing but, is there's accommodations then. You're making accommodations just like you would for a physical disability. There's kind of accommodations made. Yes. Yeah. And, the, and, and I'm just the really. mental health needs of that you have. Yes. Um, you know, they, they don't, they don't understand. They've seen it. Um, Cody does now. Um, Blake doesn't get it because he's just like Dwayne. So. Because Blake's um, just chill. Blake is so chill. And, yeah. and, um, and just, he's like, you know, whatever. And I've made him do a road trip with me one time. Cause I'm like, you know, we're not. We're not going to pay to fly, and and it was horrendous. So you're like, please fly. So then I'll put like, you on a plane. Myself. Whatever, I'll put you on a plane, and I'll meet you there. <laughs> so uh, done the same fun. thing when Cody was doing soccer. They had they played in at Disney every year, and um, some families couldn't afford to fly, so yeah. they would charter a bus, and they would stick these you know these kids on a bus. Well, two years I took the bus. Mm-hmm. I would be one of the adults on the bus. Yeah. You know, with the with the rest of the kids, and then you know whatever. Um, my so you my, can make it work. Absolutely, it doesn't have to be debilitating. Absolutely. As far now, as just... it, do I wish that I could fly? If I could flip a switch, absolutely, I'd flip mm-hmm. the switch. Mm-hmm. And and uh, but I don't know if at this point I will ever right get back on a plane. And yeah. and and it's it's a lot of that what if what if what if what if what if what if what if, what yeah. if and it just is so over it's so overwhelming yeah what I are some of your things to like you said you're you're now on medicine yes after i mean like where we're at in the story you're now on medicine what are some other things that 
after you took your medicine two, what took you two months, you mm-hmm. took it, what could you tell? Like, what was the difference? Difference. Yeah. What was and the before, side before and after? Yeah. So um, the difference is um, not the constant state of nervousness, jittery, I guess you might like I was just constantly jittery. Mm. Um, so very much more um, even emotional wise, I think. Um and that was on the lowest dose. Um, side effects, I gained 40 pounds. Oh, weight gain is a side effect of the one that I'm Now, how did on. the weight gain interact with your depression? Um, I decided, at that point in time, I decided I'd rather be fat and sane than skinny and absolutely out of my mind. Okay. That's, I was, that's that kind that of value trade. judgment we talked about that you yeah. have to make with your health often, right? Yes. Um. I will tell you that that um, there's not a lot of highs and there's not a lot of lows. Yeah, the meds just kind of the keep, meds so just kind of even killed. Highs, so you don't. So you don't that's that's too. a negative part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, don't you don't experience a huge like. I don't know it if keeps it's you, it's emotion. It's emotion. It tampers down in general. It yes. doesn't just take away so the heart. The, it also the, takes exactly, away some of the good. Right? Exactly. That, like that's Botox. exactly way. That's exactly <laughs> the way to put it. Yeah. Nobody knows if your eyebrows are raised exactly. or lowered. I got it. It's it's. I'm gonna equate it. It's like laughing. <laughs> it takes a lot to make me laugh. Yes. Um, not that I'm not, you know, joyful happy. and happy. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. But but that kind of thing. It, it's it's more. But you do prefer that, though, even in the value judgment. You prefer the steadiness, no, high, no huge highs, to actually, to having, actually experience not having all the those lows. lows. So I that's too. the, that's the yes. value judgment that you've had to make, mm-hmm. right? Because I've, I've worked, talked to a lot of women who have expressed the same thing you're saying, you know, and then um, other doctors that have said that, that that's one of the things yes. you do. But I could, mm-hmm. and I will tell you too, just sharing, I've had one major panic, what I would call a panic attack my entire life. If I had to do that, like, five months, five times a month, I mean, like you're saying, I mean, I'd be running for help, too. Like, that's not sustainable. No, it time. no. It's just not, like, it's, it's just not. Like, I don't, you doing that for two years, mm-hmm. just, so when you cut, did your husband notice a difference? Because the one panic attack I had was with my family was there. They knew, they were like, what in the world is going on? So my husband knew right away. But, like, if I was doing that every well, Mind, I think it was like, more like um, I had a very I had a very short fuse in those two years because you the, weren't getting any sleep. Yeah, I wasn't <laughs> right? getting anything. I was sleep. I wasn't getting any sleep, yeah. and I um, the anxiety just made me very angry. Mm. Um, so, so he could tell a difference then, probably after you were taking the medicine. For yeah, a, a while. little bit more even, a little bit more even keeled, mm. um, where I didn't snap at at people, um, loved ones mainly. I mean, because that's who you snap at. You don't snap at usually somebody that you don't know. Um, you save all of that for the people that you can feel right, more vulnerable with. We love, we love absolutely. them. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, just so, like children. Yeah. So I, it. I had a very short fuse and that kind of the emotion and things Mm kind of even keeled out. Um, I will tell you, it is a never for me. It's an, I don't think I'll ever get off the medicine. It's a never ending. Um, Would you be afraid to get off the medicine? uh, Well, 
<laughs> so when I got pregnant with Blake, by this time I'd been on on the medicine for about three years, mm. and I got pregnant with Blake, and you cannot be on this medicine when you are pregnant. Oh, so they put me, and, and I went cold turkey. But you didn't take another one, the one that's so when I found long, out older? when I found out I was pregnant, I stopped the medicine altogether, cold turkey. It was the worst nine months of my entire life. I can oh. imagine. Um, the first week that I was off the medicine, and when they tell you this stuff is not addictive, it's a lie. <laughs> mm. Because the first week that I was off of it, um, I felt like I had absolutely zero depth perception at all. Like I would, I would go to put my foot down and like, I would think I was going to touch the floor and the floor was not there. It was further down than what I thought it was. Oh, wow. Um, uh, rolling. Like I, I felt like I was on and what's the What's interesting is tell everybody how old oh Blake is goodness. now. He's so Blake is is eighteen, and you're remembering this very clearly, mm-hmm. very clearly. After eighteen years later, you're still remembering this mm-hmm. that clearly. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. I felt like I was on a boat, um, and the and on waves. Um, I would get these little electrical zaps in my head. Oh god! Um, and this probably lasted two weeks of of going cold turkey. I would never ever 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 recommend doing that again. You have the to doctor titrate. not involved in this at all. You have I to guess. titrate off of it. No, oh, I didn't, didn't tell know. them. You they didn't just didn't know them. that and I that did it because I knew ago, because I, I knew that you were not supposed to be on it when you were pregnant. when you were pregnant. And so I, the second I found out, I was like, I don't want to titrate off of this. Mm-hmm. I don't want to do. I just stopped it cold turkey. And she put me on something else, which is safe to take while you're pregnant, and it did absolutely nothing. Mm. So I that that nine months that I was pregnant with Blake were absolutely horrendous mm. and i actually think it like it affected my pregnancy i think it affected the delivery um of course it had to have There's just the stress, it, the stress yeah. of it um yeah. because well one the stress of being anxious and and if you if anybody knows blake um he's extremely stubborn and i should have figured that out the day i went into labor <laughs> With him, um, I had to get on oxygen. I could only lay on my right side. Otherwise, his heartbeat um, would not be in huge distress, but mm-hmm. there was a change in right. his heartbeat. And I, I literally think it all had to do with um, all of that, mm-hmm. uh, um, all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there have been times when I've talked about trying to get off of it and I'll, I'll kind of or switch to something else that maybe not have the same side effects because mm-hmm. what I'm on is a very old um, medicine and so there's there's been you know so many more that may not have the weight um, side effect or something like that and I've tried them they do not they don't work the same for me so I just I just go back right um, on it um, when Cody went off to school did you have what well, no you can tell the story and then I did so when Cody went off to school I'll tell you two times that that um, and then I'll kind of tell you what I've learned about coping mechanisms too but um, oh let's spend time on that yeah so. Two times um, I've had to actually go up in dose on my medicine. One, when Cody went to school, my firstborn. Um, lots when he went of to change. elementary when he, school? No, when oh, he went college. to college. When he went to college. When he okay. went to college, um, I, I went up in my dose um, just for a few months to get me through that whole, oh, my gosh, I'm sending off. Having just sent one to college, I totally understand that. Yeah. Um, and, and the, but then I was able to go back down to the, the dosage. Because they do say sometimes there's just life things that if yes. you can, yeah. Yes. Yeah. I have a friend that has has talked to me about that too because she'll do the same thing mm-hmm. you just said. And then this last time, which is I think probably um, when it came up in the in the Bible study, is uh, 
in March of this year, March the 10th, my mom um, had a stroke mm-hmm. uh, in the middle of the night. She woke up. Uh, my dad, who um, wears hearing aids, um, kind of woke up a little bit. Most of the time he doesn't hear her, and she has she had acts of reflux. And so it was not uncommon for her to sit up in the bed, you know, at night when her acid reflux. He asked if she was okay, and she said she was fine. Uh, he got up, used the restroom, came back. She was still standing next to the bed, and he asked her again if she was fine, and he turned on the lights, and he realized she was not fine. And um, called an ambulance. They got her to the hospital fairly quickly, and so they started her on something to, to make blood thinners to make sure that the stroke did not get worse. And um, she was in the hospital for about a week. Um, my sister and I were not allowed to see her because at the time only one person could go in in a 24-hour period, so my dad stayed with her. And then um, later that week, uh, Friday, the Friday afterwards, she was transferred to a rehab um, facility in Plano, um, in Frisco. And she had no feeling in her left leg. Um, she had some minor speech issues. You could still pretty much understand what she was saying. And um, her her left arm, she she couldn't use her left arm. And her, one of her eyes, her left eye was a little funky or whatever. And um, on that Friday, she went into rehab. I saw her on Saturday because you could, by then, it was like a, a person could go in and see her. And so I saw her. We were going to trade off days because one person could see her on Saturday and then a different person could see her. And it was specific visiting hours. And on uh, Wednesday the 17th, we got a phone call. She had been taken from the rehab facility. Um, They had gotten her heart started again when they took her. By the time my sister and my dad and I got there, she was gone immediately. Um, And you had not been able to see her. I had seen her one time in 10 days and, and this was, and I hadn't really talked to her a lot either because, um, she had a little heart, you know, she had a hard time speaking over the phone and us trying to understand one another and things like that. So, and this is my best friend that I talk to every day. Mm -hmm. Um, and so over the next course of the few, few, uh, days and weeks, and months um, since March the 17th, not only did my mom pass away unexpectedly, but my youngest graduated from high school, my oldest graduated from college. There was lots of things going on. A lot. Mm-hmm. And um, I ended up back at the ER because I had a panic attack that, and I woke Dwayne up uh, that time because it woke me up. It, I mean, I just woke up from a dead sleep. In the middle of a, this was not a panic attack that came on slowly. It was immediate. Um, And I stood up and um, tried to do some of my breathing, tried to do some of that other. And and I just immediately whacked Dwayne and said, you're going to have to take me. Like, I don't even, or you're going to have to call an ambulance because I don't even think I can walk to the car. I think I'm going to black out any, any second now. And that was once. And uh, two or three maybe even a week or two later it happened again Mm. and and i just i was like i don't i don't know what's going on i haven't had one of these i mean literally i'm telling myself in my head haven't had one of these in forever it's been forever and i had a friend that i was that i was talking to at the time that knows all of what i've gone through and she started listing 
everything off that had happened over the last three, four months. It was like a pile on. And it was like, she was like, you kind of had a few things going. Just a little just bit. Just a little bit going on. Just bring it. And it, and it. and it was like this light bulb that was like, oh, my gosh. This is, you know, the, I, I really do. And it's so much. And so I... Um, I went back to my doctor and she upped the medicine again for the next few months just to kind of get me through yeah. um, whatever, because it's it's really been an absolutely horrendous um, season. season. So absolutely what do you horrendous. say to um, people listening that are like, um, and I'm just going to ask a hard question. Absolutely. Um, that, you know, if you just pray harder, if you just do you know do yoga or if you just fill in the blank there's other things you can do besides the medicine the medicine what would your response be to that um it, it's interesting that you asked that because when i first started seeing the the counselor the music minister the one of the first things that he said to me was you have to be very careful what counselor that you go to because there are certain christian counselors that will tell you that your faith is not strong enough, that if you just prayed hard, if you just read your Bible, if you just quoted scripture, if you just did all of this, that you that, that, that this is a faith issue, this is not a medical issue. And I thought that was very interesting coming from a music minister for him to, um, one of the first things he tell me that 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 is because um, he was also a counselor because so he was also he a counselor both. he was able to he was a minister or pastor but and he was he's also the one that said sometimes you just need a little help yeah it doesn't mean that you 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 may have to be on it forever now in my case i think that's going to be the case <laughs> but i know people that just have to be on it for a season and i will tell you that uh i am a believer I've been a believer since 1982 when I was eight years old. I truly believe that when I was saved, that I that I was saved. That your eternity that is my assured. eternity is assured. Mm-hmm. Um, that doesn't mean that I, because I can remember clearly it was vacation Bible school. Um, the the, the pat, there was this this just feeling in my heart, and when the invitation was given of going up and the absolute joy that I felt at eight years old, that that tugging at my heart was no longer a tugging at my heart. So I truly, I know without a doubt where I'm going. And yet still in the middle of the night, when your mom has passed away in the middle of the night, Mm -hmm. when she's had a stroke, there are those thoughts that say, what if, what if, but I never question what, what will happen what after will the happen what if? After you don't, the what yeah, if. you don't question that part. I don't question that part because I, I truly, I, I, there's not doubts do creep in, but not from a standpoint of where where my eternity is. And and I will tell you that's what actually helped me get through my mom's funeral, my mom's to watch my dad weeping over my mother's body. And quoting scripture about her new body, her being in a white, her being like all of that, you, you, the peace that was there and the, and just of being in that, in that presence of knowing. So it isn't a question of whether or not my faith is 
and whether or not God is sovereign or whether or not your faith and is whether real or not my or faith is real faith is or whether or not my faith is strong or whether or not I prayed harder. Cause trust me, I have prayed hard on it being taken away. Have you thought that maybe the medication is an answer to your prayer? Um, yes and no. Um, I, it, it's not, I will tell you it's not for everyone, but it is, it, it is what helps me, um, not be, you know, I don't know how to explain it. Just be able to physically function. I, mm-hmm. I you know, I can't, that and counseling and, and some other coping mechanisms like, um, yeah, explain those. We were, so I, and, and I've not, and actually I've just learned one, which is the weirdest thing after 20 some odd years of being, um, whatever. But when I, so I normally, when I can feel it coming on and I start to get hot, I do whatever I can to cool myself off. And I recently, the last panic attack that I, that I had started coming, I, I told Dwayne, I said, because he was up with me, because he was not taking me back to the ER, because the ER is very expensive. So he said, we're going to figure out how to get you out of this without having to mortgage. Very practical. Our- I like yes, practical. Yes, he is very, um, without having to mortgage our house. Um, that and is I said, That's a legit It is a legit thing. thing. Yeah, um, and so, sure. so I said, go get a bag of ice. And let me put it on my neck. But then I stuck my hands in it. And all of a sudden, I could feel a difference in the actual physical manifestation. And I have since then, which is weird because I've never read this before, since then follow started following a couple of anxiety healers on Instagram. And there's been more than one occasion yes. where they have talked about physically sticking your hands in ice. Never knew that. Well, so no, I just heard this guy named David Engelman. He's a neuroscience and he was talking with this other, this, I don't know what he is, some other guy. And they talked about how people that struggle with depression, anxiety, they need cold therapy every single day where you submerge and he does his whole body and it changes the dynamic of your brain and how it can your connectors and all that. Which is that. why they talk about cold showers. Yes. So can I just throw my husband shout out? My husband takes. Yes. That's all he does is cold showers. Because yeah. there's actually a nerve. He did called, because he's read yes. that same yes. guy that you're talking so about. So it's, it's just, called your vagus nerve. Now, I won't yeah. go down the rabbit hole of what that is. But, but cold showers, uh-huh. uh, cold showers in your vagus yeah. nerve. Now, unfortunately, we live in Texas where it's 120 million can degrees. Can you get real cold water? Outside. And you actually cannot get a cold shower no, you because your cold is actually lukewarm. That's right. That's right. You have to put like, you have to put like you're saying like ice on your neck. Like I, literally, just, I literally was going to try it the it's other day true. and I'm like, my water's about huh? to turn off and there's no cold water. <laughs> we tried to do an ice bath for my daughter so, yeah. and I was like, where's the cold yeah. water? Yes. Like, no, like, you cold. have to get to my ice. Eight yeah. ice bath. Eight yeah. lines of ice because you need to do four. Yeah. We just do four. Well, see, and my husband's thing is he does it for the physical yes. stuff, and, but there's but also see, there's mental, huge, emotional. So they talk about though, the emotional yeah. So And this is what another counselor um, taught me um, was about uh, certain breathing techniques. And So my husband does those Technically, it's called box breathing where you inhale for four seconds you hold it for four seconds you exhale for four seconds and you once again hold it for four seconds now you'll but you when work you've got, up you but can you get, work yeah. up to it and so it's oh, it's wow. like a box four 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 and when i first started trying it when i inhale and i hold it i have no problem yeah it's the holding when you let all of your air out oh. that you actually have to work up to four seconds because you feel, you're like, okay, I've let all my air out. 
And your body's mm-hmm. going, where's the air? Where's the air? Where's yeah. the air? Because it's panicking. It's panicking. Where's the air? But your brain's panicking. But it's interesting that your brain doesn't panic when you inhale right. and hold it. It's only when you exhale all of it. So so I've gotten better at it. Um, so box breathing is one technique. Um, the ice is another technique. Um, Do you walk or exercise anything like that? Does that help you? Just on a daily basis, like your 20-minute walk or a 30-minute walk? Well, I try to not use the word exercise because I actually Sorry, hate it. My bad. With a passion. Yeah. So, but recently. You're right. You told us that recently, earlier. So sorry for asking that question. Yeah. Recently, I, I so started funny. just calling it moving my body. I love it. You don't even use the word exercise. I don't so use the word exercise. Move my body. Because yeah, if I use great. the word exercise, I won't do it. But yeah. I, I know because I, I gained the COVID-19, yeah. 25, yeah. something uh-huh. like so that. Um, and so I started thinking to myself, I really need to walk. I really need to get out there and exercise. But I couldn't force myself to do it. And I sit in a chair all day at home um, Mm -hmm. with my job. So I started, I actually, no kidding, started calling it, I'm just going to get up and move my body. And not a day goes by that I don't start my day. Moving your body. Moving Moving my body. body. I like that. Now, because I've not called it exercise. I've not, so I don't get out there and try to walk or run as fast as I can. Mm -hmm. I'm just getting out there and moving Mm -hmm. my body. And for some odd reason, I have tricked my brain that's great. <laughs> into thinking that that's okay. Yeah. But if I call it exercising, it is not, not going to happen. So, so yes, I do. Um, I notice when I when I when I eat a certain way, it's better. Yeah. So I you know you have to figure podcast, that. Right? Yeah, a whole another podcast on that. Whole another thing um, on nutrition. Yeah. So that um, and um, and when you talk about your husband doing it right now, and he does not have issues with anxiety and depression, mm-hmm. what a counselor told me is even when you are not in the middle of it, do the box breathing every single day, three to four times a day. Well, and I don't even know if that's what, I mean, I just want to put a caveat. Just because, yeah, I mean, like, yeah. but he, he's gotten where he'll hold his breath for a minute. Like it's a, there's another kind of technique, yes. but he's like a scuba guy. And well, a and that's what it, a lot of it has that. to do with Navy SEAL. Yes. Um, because it's exactly. it, it based, it's based on, on Navy, Navy SEAL thing, exactly. um, things because that yeah. helps their pant. Obviously they're in he high tried, stress situations. And my so. sister's an athlete. So they're, they talk about these things all the time and all this stuff. And so they've tried to get me and I tend to, go after the breathing stuff called shower stuff like you go after exercise i'm like yeah no i'm out well i think <laughs> some the, people love yes just, and it's the, very interesting the, and fascinating yes to them. and the thing with doing it so the cold shower every day the last 30 seconds of your shower um the box breathing every day three four times a day because then when you get in the middle of a panic attack if your body has already been doing all of Mm -hmm. that stuff every day then you have a technique you have one you have a technique and two your body knows instinctively that this helps Mm -hmm. and it helps in the middle of an attack go ahead no yeah well and what's interesting because i know we have to wrap up here pretty soon because this has been amazing i could keep we could keep talking about this forever but the cold thing even has to do with the fact that they're saying when we God first put us on this planet, we didn't have access to hot water all the time. Like your right. body is literally not made to even be washed as often as we may as we wash it or to be in hot water as right. often as we're in hot water. So they're saying that that actually can change, you know, your physical 
your uh, physical brain, mm-hmm. you know, interactions, yeah, exactly. all that kind of stuff. So it is interesting to think through that, right? Just what God even created us to be and maybe along the lines of the fact that our brains are kind of in positions that God didn't intend them to be anyway. Right. Because we've kind of brought us hot water. Is that what you're saying? (laughs) I get it. That's fine. Thanks for the fall. Thanks for the fall. Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve all the time. Well, just kind of in closing, I thought it was interesting. I picked up on a couple of things that you said, but I really liked how you talked about the friends that God put in your life. Yeah. Even the one that was able to like show you like, hey, well, you're going through this and this and this, because it makes me sad to think that somebody would live in this darkness, no matter if you're a believer or not a believer, because God wants us to walk in the light. And I just keep on thinking of the light and the dark. And as long as we can keep things, as long as Satan can allow things to be in the dark, again, a believer or not a believer, Mm -hmm. but the moment you bring things in the light and that you put a village or you put people and friends around you, it's going to be better. Like eventually, he, yeah. The light's scary yeah. at first, I think, when you're pulling yes. yourself into it. But yes. it will be better. It will be better. Yeah. And it, I mean, God intended it for you to do life with other people. Right. He didn't intend for you to do it by yourself. Right. So when you are, and even if it's, and I would even argue to say, it needs to be somebody outside your husband. Because your husband's great. I'm not saying they're not wonderful people. They're wonderful. But you do need a girlfriend to say, hey, this is what you're going through. Because she's going to view things differently than your husband's going to view. Absolutely. And I think, That's your you team. know, when I think yeah. when I think the the purpose of all of this in, in my life, because, you know, for years I've thought, what in the, why, why me? Why me? Why am I going through this? Why, you know, and, and, and you hear a lot, why not me? Why, you know, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Um. But when you're in the middle of a panic attack, you don't really care. Why not mm-hmm. me? It's why right. me? Why am I going yeah. through it? And like I said, I've been flat on my face and 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 saying, you know, just do whatever um, you can to take it away. Um, when Cody came to me the first time after having anxiety, I knew exactly why me. Mm-hmm. Because if I had not been through this for the last few years, I would have absolutely no idea how to relate to what he is going through and be empathetic. And I was listening to Rick Warren um, a few weeks ago talk about his son and yeah. his struggle with mental health yeah. and um, and eventually taking his life. And he said he had a conversation with his son one time, and this really, this really stayed with me. Um, and he said the conversation went like this. Um, they were praying that Rick Warren prayed for his son every day for the mental, the mental illness, um, to be taken away every day. He prayed this and the son prayed the same thing every day for the mental health to be, for the mental illness, the depression, the, the anxiety to be taken away. But he said, he also said that if God chooses not to take it away, to open up his eyes to what the purpose Amen. was. So good. That if God chooses not to take it away, yeah. there's a purpose for it and for them to be okay with what that purpose was. Mm-hmm. And um, that really struck me because for so long I struggled with what is the reason what is the purpose? Why am I, why is this my struggle? Why is this my journey? Why is this? And when Cody did, and when I decided to make the decision to be very open about it, mm-hmm. it's because I truly believe that's my purpose, is to be as open, to let people know 
that there's somebody out there, whether or not it's me, whether or not it's a friend, whether it's not whatever, that can empathize with you. And we need to know and you need to know that you are not doing this by yourself. I love it. Preach, that's girl. Really, preach. Yeah, that's good. So that's good. really good. And that's don't the body of Christ. Yourself. Just don't do life by yourself. Ask yourself. for help. Yes. Ask for help. Ask for help. There's no shame in that. There's no there. There's no embarrassment in that. Mm-hmm. There's no. I even think, too, people don't want to do the asking. So just share a struggle. Yes. You're not even asking. So now you're going to share a struggle. And hopefully you find about it. Someone's going to hear it and go, Oh, it's just a struggle. Yes, I want to because we talked we about, about talk yes, about this because before. we talked about yes. we talked about if you if I don't want you to know, yep. you are not going to know. No, which is why I tell people, yeah. and I and I'm not and my kids have gotten to where that makes them then understand when they have a friend, they mm-hmm. because they see it in me and I talk about my issues, that then if they see that in somebody else, their eyes are open as to what they need to be looking for. Now, I'm not saying that they're responsible then for that other person, hmm. but it'll because I've told them, if that friend doesn't want you to see, you won't see it. But, but because your mom has seen, because you've seen it in your mom, there may be signs that you will able to, to see that just allows you to be kind mm-hmm. on any given day. And we're going to impact people around us. Absolutely. If we listen and open our eyes well and if you don't i mean like that's what you want is for it to be an impact a per- mm-hmm. with the purpose that god has for you and it, you want it to be because you stopped asking one. the why and just been like okay this is what this is, this is a lot that god has given us mm-hmm. now let's deal with it and move forward in his glory mm-hmm. and absolutely. let's live in the glory yeah, oh i love good. it thank you amy well, that's a good note to end on i think amy thank you so much um we appreciate you coming and sharing your story because mm-hmm. there will be somebody listening that needs to hear it and um, they can always email us, you know, get online and email the church. We don't have phone lines, so they can't call in. <laughs> but <laughs> And you are you more know, than welcome to pass my email. There you go. You okay. Amy, will, to pass my email Amy will respond to you if you need help. She would be more than willing to Absolutely. go have dinner and grab coffee or something. Mm-hmm. Um, we want to be the body of Christ to our community and the people in our church. And so we are here. There's lots of ways to get hold of us. So feel free to do that if you would like. But that's it from us for today. So um, we are so glad that y'all listened. But from all of us, until next time, we'll talk to you later. Bye. Watch what happens now.